So as we start the lesson today, I want to talk about recognizing God's people. In Matthew 7, starting at verse 15, uh, the heading in many Bibles in this section, if your Bible is, is divided into sections uh, with little subheadings, uh, it might say, you will know them by their fruits. That's what the New King James uh, says that I was using for this. And Matthew 7, starting at verse 15, says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So as we, as we think on this scripture here this morning, we, we can take this and, and apply this in our lives in a couple of different ways. One of which is as we go through life, you know, we need that camaraderie of other, of other brethren. We are up against a hard road in life. And when we come across the trials of life, it's so very comforting to have brethren by your side. When, when the family that has the same blood coursing through their veins fails, that's where this family of God shines through or at least it should and it's something that each of us should should think about and as we go through our lives we should be able to recognize those that are on the same path as us and those that are those that are seeking the same things seeking the same things that not that we ourselves are seeking but seeking the same things because they are also seeking the things of God as we are and as we look into the scriptures and we start to get a picture painted in our minds of what the Lord's people look like not physically but but spiritually in a sense what what do the Lord's people what kind of attributes can we say they have so that we can be those that that band together that share in the hurts and the troubles of life that we can look to each other for some comfort in the in the in times on earth through that faith and that hope that we have in heaven with Christ so that's one way that we can recognize or use the the, the idea of recognizing God's people as we walk through life but but also we need to turn that around and and ask ourselves and look inwardly and, and ask ourselves, could I be recognized? If someone else is searching to find God's people, if someone else is searching through the scriptures and they, and they are looking at what God's people should look like, would they be able to look at you and say, yep, I think that's one of them? Or would they just pass you right over are the things that you do in your life, are they things that can be recognized as those that are setting up that pattern towards, towards God? 
towards the things that that God desires of mankind. You know, we, we want to be those that can be recognized. Not only recognized by those around us. You know, it's, it's nice that maybe your neighbors know that you go to church on Sunday. But do they, do they recognize the difference between you and everybody else in the neighborhood that may go to church to a, to a, a, a gathering of people that are not the Lord's church? Is there a, is there a difference? Can they notice? You know, I made, the, I made the joke this morning as we were leaving, my neighbor was coming home. And my driveway is such that the way that we normally leave the neighborhood, we have to make like a U-turn out of the driveway to go up the street. And my neighbor was coming home, and he was kind of in the way of that U-turn, and I had to wait for him. And I joked to Angela and said, doesn't he know not to get in the way of the preacher on Sunday morning? You know, <laughs> and he should know better. But, uh, so maybe I need to talk with him more. But uh, as, we, as we go through our lives, we need to be those that can recognize God's people, for our, own, uh, for our own edification, to be able to join in and band together with them. You know, in a very, in a very uh, uh, superficial way, you know, as we, as we go through and we travel the world possibly, you know, we want to be able to recognize God's people because that command to come together with the Lord's people doesn't go away because you're on vacation. And so as we make our plans for for travel and let's make plans for the lord as well let's make plans to continue to have him be a part of our lives as we as we travel we're coming up to the summer travel season and and uh, uh there was a time in my life where the thought never crossed my mind where the thought of joining together uh, with a church in south carolina or florida or wherever wherever uh one may go never crossed my mind but it, there reached a point where it, it was recognizable that this is something that needs to be done that 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 command is not something that is just when you're home and when it's convenient but uh, also you know when you're traveling and so on and so when we have started to do that and I've mentioned this before I've met some wonderful Christians some wonderful people in the Lord's Church that I can honestly call family you know, I can go to Tennessee, South Carolina, Georgia, and, and know people that are of the faith. And that's a wonderful thing. It's, you know, as we look around and we see, you know, the people that we see every Sunday morning, sometimes it's kind of a shot in the arm to build us up to see, you know, there are, there are others out there too. We're not alone there in Medina. So you will know them by their fruits. We need to be able to recognize God's people for that reason. We need to make sure that we are recognized. We need to think about, are we bearing that fruit? God's people exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. Now, Ephesians 5, starting at verse 9, says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And this is... You know, that last statement there kind of really sums it up. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. That puts it on us to be those that must find out. It's not going to be zapped into your head. You know, when people talk about the Holy Spirit, and as we're talking about the Holy Spirit in our morning Bible study, which, by the way, is at 9.30, I, I encourage you all to come out and, and study uh, that 
what I would call a deep subject of the, of the Holy Spirit. One that is perhaps beyond, uh, beyond our, our ability to comprehend completely, but it's good for us to, con- to, to, to think on these things. It's good for us to, to, again, bounce these things off one another and learn from one another. Uh, just because you put me up here doesn't mean I know everything. I learn a lot from you as well during those times. So as we, as we think about what God's people are and how they exhibit that fruit of the Spirit, it's because they desired to find out what is acceptable to the Lord. And when they do those things which are acceptable to the Lord, then they exhibit those fruits. You just can't help it. If, you're, if you are seeking after the way of the Lord, those things are just going to come out. It's going to be a natural manifestation of those things. You know, there, in John, uh, 1 John 5, verse 7, it says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the world, and the Holy Spirit. The, and these three are one. As we think about uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and as we think about those things that... Uh, those things that we, we should exhibit as Christians so that people can know who we are. So people can say, you know what, they're different. It's good to be different. You know, we grow up perhaps in our society, uh, it's probably always been true, but it's been true my entire life, that it seems like most of society is wanting to fit in with another group of people. You know, they identify with one group or another and they desire to fit in and that's where they're that's where their identity is. Their, their whole hope of life is that I have this group of friends over here. And uh, that is something that is built into us, that it's built into us in a, throughout our lives. But if we are those that are of Christ, we exhibit love. The, one of the uh, first uh, fruits of the Spirit that is listed in the Scriptures. Let's go to Galatians 5, uh, starting at verse 22 before I get ahead of myself. Uh, Galatians 5, starting at verse 22, says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. You know, we, we each must look inwardly to see if we are demonstrating these fruits. And as, uh, you know, I, I probably didn't need to read that because you probably have all heard that scripture before and can probably recite the fruits of the Spirit. But as we look at that scripture there on the screen, and as you look at it perhaps in your Bibles as you've turned to, to it, uh, and look at that list, and we see at the top of that list is love. And... You know, the love that we're speaking of here is a devoted love, and it's a love that gives even when it's not returned. You know, sometimes uh, we find ourselves uh, disappointed by those around us. Sometimes we find ourselves uh, in a place where we don't feel the love from those around us. And And that's a shame, but there again we still are commanded to love. We still must be those that give love, even when those around us maybe aren't returning it. 
And that would be one of those things that would stand out like a sore thumb to the, to the world around us. If we, if we are loving when others aren't, people are going to notice and say, hey, you know what, that's different because I would have handled that completely differently. I would have, I would have thrashed them and been mean to them and done whatever I could to get back at them for such a thing. But, but we need to be those that have that devoted love, a love that gives even when it is not returned. You know, as we, uh, as we look further, we see joy being on that list. And that's a, it's a happiness, but not just a, a superficial happiness, but a, but, a, but a true happiness that resides in a calmness, a peace about things. And that leads us to the next one, peace. A quiet, the two kind of, they kind of have to go together. A quietness that comes from being in harmony with God. And because you're in harmony with God, those that are of the, of the household of faith, you're going to be in harmony with them too. You know, the world talks about unity all the time today. And especially in the, in the religious world, you hear an awful lot about unity. And sometimes, well, most times, that means unity for unity's sake. Let's not, let's not ruffle any feathers. Let's not make any waves. Just let's be united as human beings. But that's not what we see in the scriptures. It's that, that unity of being on the same path towards what the Lord desires. Having that peace and that quietness. That, quiet, that quietness in your soul. That, and it's a peace that, as we understand from the scriptures also, is beyond understanding. And, and, and as I go through life and I see the storms of life that come at me, and have come at me over the years, and so on, and the turmoil that is around us, I can't explain sometimes why there's just a peace about, about those things. Like, I'm not too concerned about those things. It's a quietness that comes from that harmony with God. It's that peaceable spirit about you. It is the opposite of one who is ready to run to war. It's opposite of one who is ready and one who just desires to be in a fight all the time. Have you ever known somebody that just wants to fight? It just seems like no matter what they want, no matter what, they, they're going to find something to fight about because that's what gets their, their blood flowing in the morning. You know, and, and that is the opposite of what we want. We don't want to be those that are, at, that are contentious all the time. We want to be those that when we look inwardly, we see that we have that love and we have that peace. Along with that, we see listed patience. Long-suffering is also a, the, a word that is used to describe that. It's the willingness to endure. You know, God showed us great long-suffering and patience, still continues to show us great long-suffering and patience by allowing us to have his word, to have the breath of life, to come together here today and to look into it, to have the breath of life that every day when we wake up that we can devote some time to looking into the scriptures to know, again, to find out what is pleasing to God. Uh, that patience that the Lord has with us is something that we often overlook and we think that just because we woke up today that we're going to wake up tomorrow 
and that we'll have every opportunity. Some of us may uh, attain a ripe old age and we may be able to live our lives and then at a ripe old age do what everybody plan seems to plan on doing and come to the Lord in the last breaths. That's, that's not something that I would suggest and it's not something that that is going to happen to most people because most people think I have another day and I've seen it sadly I, you know just within this last year I, I, I was uh, studying with a good friend that passed away before she could be obedient to the faith and it's a very sad thing very sad thing don't wait the, the thing God has that patience with us and we should be those that that have that fervor and that desire to seek after him to not wait to be those that are seeking after him kindness is next in our list and it's a gentle a gentleness a person who is kind and good we want to be known as that we want to be known as one who is kind and good then there are all kinds of uh, people that are kind and good in this world today I've known so, some of the some of the kindest gentlest people that I've known have not been Christians and that's that that's a sad statement now also some of the kindest people that I've met have been Christians and that's a wonderful thing but uh, but as we see a kindness around us it stands out because it's different from what we see around us in the in the rest of the world we need to be those that are kind and gentle those that have that peace about us that others can see it that they might desire to have that that they might desire to have that peace that can only come from God and goodness is our next one that we see on the list you know being a person who is generous and good it's the opposite of evil it's the opposite of one who is just seeking after their own desires we need to be those that are generous and when we think of generous we often think of money but it's much it goes well beyond that it goes to the ability to and the desire to want to put forth an effort to put forth some time to be with people to help people to share the gospel with others in our in our uh, busy world that becomes a difficult thing sometimes to to carve out a, a notch in the day that we can that we can focus on the scriptures and if we are going to be those that exhibit the fruit of the spirit we have to we have to think on these things and we have to make sure that there's time in our day you know we read earlier about in Ephesians 5 verse 10 finding out what is acceptable to the Lord I think you can take this list of the fruits of the Spirit and say that those things are acceptable to the Lord and these are things that we should model in our lives these are things that that yes as we as we progress in our life as Christians these things are going to manifest themselves but it doesn't hurt for us to look at them and say you know I could do better at that I could do better at these at this particular one or that particular one you know faithfulness is another one a person of conviction one who understands the importance of following what God has said that even if we can't understand completely with our minds how something works that we see in the scriptures we we are still faithful 
you know, we're told in the scriptures that, you know, that, that we should not be those that, that worry. That we should not be those that, that put our hope in things on this earth. But that we should have our hope resting on things in eternity. On the Lord. And a lot of times that's when the rubber meets the road here on earth. And, it, and, and we want to be those that are, that are faithful. When we want to be those that have that conviction and that faith and that trust, you know, we have the world there on our shoulder saying, you can't believe that. Don't believe that. The science says this. Don't believe that. You, that that's just a fairy tale. We have that doubt in our mind. It's, it's there. And if we, allow, if we allow that to manifest itself, then it'll take away our conviction. It will take away that hope and that trust and pretty soon it'll erode away the kindness and the goodness and the patience and all the things that we've been talking about thus far and, and the ones that come after. And we must be faithful. And that means more than showing up on Sunday. It means more than putting in, punching the time clock. It means that we'll be those that no matter what, that we are convicted. You know, why, if you're sitting here today and you've been obedient to the gospel of Christ, why did you jump into that pool of water? Why did you become, why did you become immersed in that water? Hopefully for the remission of sins. Hopefully out of a good heart of obedience that, that you understood that this must be done. As those on the day of Pentecost that you can read about in Acts 2, they were cut to the heart. They were convicted. They knew what needed to be done. Or they asked, what must we do to be saved? They, were, they desired to know those things. And then what did they do? They did it. They weren't hearers only, but they were doers. Just as James tells us to be. Now, as, as we think of faithfulness, it, it is much deeper than just showing up. Uh, gentleness is the next one that we have in our list. A gentle, humble person. The opposite of someone who is hot-tempered or quick-tempered. You know, it, it is, and, it, and it takes some work to be gentle. Maybe some of us, at, a time, at different times in our lives, maybe we weren't so gentle. Maybe we could have been thought about as a hothead. Maybe, maybe our temper had gotten the best of us and maybe it was a regular occurrence. Now, I've told you before about some of the outbursts that I've seen out in the world. I told you, I think most recently, about a man who his cheeseburger order was wrong. And he came back and threw it in the face of the girl at McDonald's. That man was just out of control and he was just a hot-tempered person and, and uh, he was the opposite of humble. He wasn't gentle. We don't need to be that way. We don't need to be those that follow after the world. Our pattern is Christ. And Christ was gentle. He was humble. He humbled himself before mankind. And he was, was willing to go to that cross for our sins. And as we think on that example, we also need to exhibit those same things. To be that gentle, humble person that isn't puffed up. You know, look at what I can do and look what, look what I've done. And, and you just need to listen to me because I've got all the answers. You know, we, we don't want to be 
that person. We want to be those that are willing to share the gospel with others in a gentle way, to be able to plant those seeds and to be able to cultivate thinking towards godly things. You know, as a, a mistake that I think every Christian makes at some point along the line is that in the beginning when we're so full of zeal that we want to go and tell all of our friends, guess what I found out? And then we jam it down their throat all in one day and we expect that, well, they're going to be baptized tonight because I just told them everything. And it takes time. It takes time. And that's where gentleness comes in. Now, and faithfulness and self-control, the next one. You know, a person who is able to control himself or herself. Able to keep the desires that we have inside of us at bay. You know, left to, left to uh, my own devices, I'd probably have a, car, uh, a, a, a garage full of cars and crazy things that I don't need. And uh, we have to exercise some self-control. In, in, in regards to those things that we really want because of what use are all these things that, that we desire. You know, but we need to be those that, as we read again in Ephesians 5 and verse 10, that find out what is acceptable to the Lord. And we don't see anything about our desires uh, in, in the scriptures of being acceptable to the Lord. Now, God's people exhibit that fruit of the Spirit. God's people are also courageous. You know, fear is a common thing among mankind. It's a very effective tool of Satan. You know, as, as he prowls around looking for whom he may desire, fear is one of those things that drags down those that would be prey, the prey of Satan very often in this world. It's very common. And, it's, and it is used by those that don't have the best interest of mankind at heart. Those that want to tear down a society or tear down a people or just a person, they use fear. You know, a, a, a controlling husband might tell, might tell his wife that, well, you're just not able to get out there and work in the world or you're not able to, you're not able to do this or that because because you're just, you're just too weak. Or, or you're just not going to be able to handle that. You know, I, I've had family members that were told back in the 50s that you're never going to learn how to drive. You know, and uh, people listened to them. And, and they had that fear that they were told that they were going to fail. So they, so they let that fear take over and then they never succeeded in what they desired to do. God's people are courageous in that when we, look at, when we look at the scriptures and we understand and we found out what is pleasing to the Lord, that we step forward and do those things. Now that's not always easy, and I'm not standing here to tell you that I've always done that, and I'm not standing here to tell you that, that tomorrow I might not fall, but fear is not something that we can allow in our lives, because what do we have to be afraid of? We have the hope of heaven. We have the Lord with us. Fear works for the purposes of Satan, most certainly. It can break us down. Godly fear is the only fear we should have. Hebrews 10, uh, verse 28, 
Uh, that's actually Hebrews 12 and verse 28, because I can't type. But Hebrews 12 and verse 28 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Reverence and godly fear. When we understand who God is and we understand that he, his desires usurp anything that we might be able to cook up in our minds. We have that fear of knowing who he is and knowing what will happen if we are not those that are faithful. Then we move with that godly fear, just as many have done in the past. And we have record of that. Uh, the Noah moved with godly fear. Abraham also moved with godly fear. He understood who God was and who he was and put those things in perspective. Our courage comes not from our own ability to withstand trials, because we would fail, but in our faith that the Lord is able. 2 Timothy 2, or 1, starting at verse 12, says, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. It's hard to read that one without the song coming to mind. You know, in verse... Uh, verse 12 there but in verse 13 as we as we read that hold fast the pattern of sound words uh, and as we think back to verse 12 there we know who we've believed and we are persuaded that he's able that faith that we gain again faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god we know that he is able sometimes we let the world sneak in mankind sneak in and tell us that he's not able but we we need to have our faith grounded not in anything in us but on that on that rock that the church was built on that understanding that Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God he is able to do all things now Christians must be courageous and if we look in Psalms we look in the, the, the book of Psalms and we, we look at Psalm 46. If you'll bear with me while we read this, I think it gives us a, a good glimpse into courage and how it can be used. Psalm 46, to the chief musician, a psalm of the sons of Korah, a song for Alamoth. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear even though the earth be removed. And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just, as the break, just at the break of dawn. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to end the, of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. 
He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. God is our refuge. And as we read there again in verse 10, you know, maybe this is another one I said last week that we should put some scriptures on our dashboard to remind us when we get out in the car in the morning or wherever it may be, maybe on the mirror that we wake up and look into every morning first thing. Verse 10 there in Psalm 46, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Sometimes we just need to be still and know that he is God. It's with that hope and with that understanding that we can withstand the blasts of the earth and the blasts of worldliness that sneak in and that that voice in the back of your head that says you can't do this. That voice in the back of your head that says you're not enough. We can withstand those things. If we go to Psalm 27, Psalm 27 verses 13 and 14. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We can withstand the blasts and the fiery darts that, that come our way throughout, throughout our lives. Whatever the next fear may be, whatever the next thing that drags you down and says you can't do this, whatever things that make you desire to try to make, make things right your own way and not to seek after the way of the Lord, look back at these scriptures. Read Psalm 46 and read Psalm 27 and realize that we can wait. Our courage comes not from us, but from the Lord. As we continue thinking of these things, God's people can access that comfort in Christ. You know, we, we've looked at the, some of the, the fruits of the Spirit and those things that, that God's people should exhibit. Understanding that as God's people, if we've been those that have been obedient to, the, to, to Christ, if we've been obedient to the gospel, we can access that comfort in Christ. And if you're outside of that today, if you haven't put on Christ in baptism, I want you to have that hope that I'm speaking of. That hope is offered to all mankind. In Matthew 11, starting at verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We've all read that scripture before, but understand that no matter what comes our way, the Lord is there to help us. All we need to do is come to him. We need to come to him and be willing to be obedient to him. And then by no work of our own, we are covered by that grace of God and we have that gift of heaven after a while. We must, of course, remain faithful, but realize there's nothing that we can do to 
pay for the things for the for the gift that we would be that, that we are given in Christ. You know, I, I thought uh, uh, recently about grace, and I, I know that we had a lesson on grace a few weeks ago. And I was thinking, you know, what would it be like if you went into the car dealership and said, "I'd like to have that new that new truck right there." And the salesman's writing up the the paperwork, and you say, you know, I'll be right back. I'm going to go out and pay for the truck right now. You see that lake over there? I'm going to go dump in it and get wet. And that's going to pay, that's going to pay for this truck, and you're going to give it to me, right? And they'd laugh you off the campus of the car dealership. Because that act of being immersed into the water can't possibly pay for anything. It's not, it's not because it has any value into of itself, but it's because God said so. Because it's how he desired that we demonstrate that obedience to him. And then he, he has desired that if we are those that are immersed for the remission of sins, we are raised to walk in that newness of life, that he will give us that gift of everlasting life. In Romans 15 at verse 4, we read, Whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. I hope that each and every one of you can look to the scriptures and have that patience to look through them every day, that you might have that comfort of the scriptures, that you might have that hope that as you go through your life, that no matter what happens, and realize that people are going to be those that are going to disappoint you from time to time. It's going to happen. And no matter what, though, we have that comfort of the scriptures we have that hope of heaven after this short life. Are you subject to, the, to Christ's invitation today? Are you one that needs to put on Christ so that you can grab hold of that hope? So that you can begin that journey? You know, as we read back there just a, just a moment ago in Matthew 11, you know, is... As we see in verse 28 there, Come to me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That's what we need to do. We need to learn from him. And as we, as we go down this path, we realize that we must hear the word of God. We must believe that he is who he says he is. Repent and turn away from those sins that drag us down and those fears and those doubts that would, that would cause us to step out of alignment with the will of the Lord that we confess him before men and we're baptized because he said so out of obedience for the remission of sins raised to walk in that newness of life as we as we do that you know and realize we are still learning at that point you don't have to know a certain amount before you are before you were baptized. All you need to know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Believe that. Be willing to turn away from your sins. Confess Him. And then be obedient to Him through baptism. And then that begins that journey of continuing to seek after Him and to look into His Word and know what the will of the Father is. We must remain faithful until death. Revelation 2.10, as we mention at the end of every service, just can't help it, but it's one of the most uplifting scriptures that we can think of. That if we remain faithful until death, we'll receive that crown of life. That's a promise from the Lord. He is able. Let him do that. If you're subject to the invitation today, if you need the prayers of the saints, whatever your need may be, we stand ready to assist you. Please come forward.
as we stand and we sing.